0: Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four.
1: And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad.
0: We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media.
1: We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health. And maybe laugh a little along the way.
0: So go grab some tea.
1: And your favorite cardigan.
0: And we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, welcome to Selfie. Well, today we are going to be um, talking about some of our two thumbs up. And then we're going to have an interview with Karen Walrend. She is an author, a longtime friend of mine. She wrote a book called The Lightmaker's Manifesto. And in it, she talks about how to find the light in the midst of fighting for what is right. It's a very timely book, especially as we're watching what's happening in the Ukraine. Um, and she shared a lot of wisdom with us. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. Well, talk to me about your mental health this week.
1: Yeah this this is such a, a small thing in some ways but i i bought flowers for myself
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: good for you and like it, it i mean yeah it it feels ridiculous in some ways to be like i bought myself flowers but i don't normally do that and and i've begun yeah. to wonder why don't i do this because it know, feels like such right? a frivolous little thing like mm-hmm. a you know a waste of money in some ways in where i let myself splurge on occasionally on other things like food or whatever like flowers feels in some ways purely frivolous and it just has brought so much joy into my apartment
0: oh my gosh totally yeah okay where do you get the flowers
1: these i just i just got these from the grocery store like it wasn't anything special or anything it was just like flowers seem nice but i and i've done this before years ago like i mean i live relatively close to pike's place market here in Mm -hmm. seattle which always has these massive bouquets for just ten dollars and i used to walk down there and buy like i mean there's i mean they're beautiful huge bouquets (laughs) yeah and i love that um And I think, honestly, I think that ruined flower buying for me in some ways because these grocery store bouquets...
0: (laughs) Bar was too high. (laughs) ...are nothing compared to
1: like, oh, I can go to the market, but I never go to the market. So, yeah.
0: And you're at the grocery store. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. I think flowers in in a home make a huge difference. Yeah. It just, I, I don't know. I mean, you notice anytime that you're looking at, you know, a beautiful design magazine or something. There's mm-hmm. always fresh flowers. Yes. It's right. a really important part of design. So I I don't know. I think the environment matters and I think flowers is a big self-care moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's been really <laughs> lovely, so.
0: What um do you like a mixed bouquet? Do you like all, you know, all one of the same flower? mixed yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean depending on the season i am a sucker for for hydrangeas
0: i um, know i love them too
1: they're just so beautiful they are and i've always thought about trying to get some dried ones for my place because mm-hmm. you know they mm-hmm. hold up for forever mm-hmm. i just i never have yeah um, yeah and then dahlias as well i know we're yeah. out of season for both of those but yeah yeah i
0: yeah. know i love just a good vase of you like just white hydrangeas
1: mm-hmm. it's yes. so fresh so pretty. Did, this is random, but Costco <laughs> sells yeah white hydrangeas in bulk. And if you ever need a ton of them, it's like seventy dollars for like hundreds. And I've i always considered just buying them for my like a bulk order of hydrangeas and having
0: totally a <laughs> like
1: hundred around my apartment one week. Oh my god! I never have, but it, it crosses my mind often. <laughs>
0: I love fresh flowers. And, and when I go to – when I shop at Trader Joe's, I always buy them for myself. Yeah. Because they're cheap and they're right there when right. you walk in. But because I usually grocery shop online now, it's like I never have any. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I yeah. need a mail order, like a cheap mail order thing. Yeah. They're so expensive
1: online. But, yes, we, I'm sure they're out there somewhere, right? Well,
0: they're so expensive online. And then they're usually, like, you know, in a in a tacky vase and they're, like, right. a mixed bouquet of – gross stuff they're like daisies yeah (laughs) I am I love flowers but I'm snobby about flowers (laughs) well I used to I used to do flowers I worked at room and board the design store room and board uh and I did their flowers like that was a whole job
1: did you yes
0: and I loved it Uh, if I ever run off and you know start a new career it will be a floral designer
1: yeah Oh, that's, that's so cool.
0: And I've done flowers for a couple different weddings. Huh. Just for fun. Like, I love it. It's so fun.
1: Ah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. How, how is your how week going?
0: It's going okay. I am doing keto, keto. Which one mm-hmm. is it?
1: I- I've always keto. said keto. But keto.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on the keto bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I wish I wasn't. But I just, I have had such a struggle with my weight. Since co well, really since my divorce, mm-hmm. but COVID made it a lot worse. But where I'm really struggling is this insomnia anxiety loop that I get in. Yeah. That also involves my IBS. And, mm. you know, insomnia is just really bad for your weight. Mm-hmm. It messes up your, um, oh, there's some hormone, it starts with a C, I can't remember. But anyway, it's just really bad for your weight. Um, and so I am just at a place where I'm just, it's so tough because I have I have tried to embrace the body positivity. yeah, but I'm also realizing just some health stuff from my weight. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like right uh, And again, both things can be true at the same time. Um, but I just got to a breaking point. So I am doing keto on, I'm using factor 75, which is one of our one of our sponsors, but I'm just paying for it like a normal customer. Um, but that's making it a little easier because it's just prepare easy, prepared meals, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it for like a month and hopefully drop down if, you know, to, to where I'm feeling a little healthier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. And I don't like to talk about my weight at all Mm. because I want to be like body positive. Sure. But, and I'm, you know, I'm not doing this because I feel like I need to fit in a bikini. (laughs) I just am doing it because my my health is not great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we'll see.
1: It's that's so hard, and it, and it is such a hard balance to strike. I know. <laughs> In yeah, what what is?
0: I know, and I don't like the idea of depriving myself of like an entire you know, like category of foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, my other efforts have not been successful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so here mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I'll report back. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if I get through it. But I'm at that stage. I'm like four days in. I'm at that stage of like, okay, I'm tired and loopy. And I've done keto before. And you do get to a point where your body kind of resets and right. it's not so hard. But right now I'm in the, like, the carb detox yes. <laughs> phase. Yeah. Have you done yeah. keto before?
1: I have. Yeah. 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 I have a while, a, a while ago. I, I've done it a couple of times. In- yeah.
0: And it's not it's not my favorite either because I'm not a big meat eater,
1: right? <laughs> so. And you have to eat so much meat and protein. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It will unfat, mostly fat. But yes, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it worked for me like the first two times I did it, and then yeah. never worked for me again. And so I've I kind of stopped using it. Yeah, as a tool. But,
0: yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'm a little bit like skeptical if it will <laughs> if it will work. It's worked <laughs> yeah. for me before too. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. What do you have this week for two thumbs up?
1: Yeah, um a book. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's called The House in the Cerulean Sea. Mm. And it's just this delightful b- novel, uh, kind of fantastical. I it's like giving me warm fuzzies. It's it's the first book that I feel like I've read mm. in years that I've been savoring. Like, like I don't want to finish it. Like, I, uh-huh. I found myself reading slower and slower and slower the closer I get to the end because of just how delightful it is. Uh, and it has been a really nice kind of distraction from the heaviness of the world. Hmm. Uh, it's just, it's so sweet. A fun little story. The characters are so well done. Um, yeah, so so for anyone looking for a light escape... <laughs>
0: Okay, I might need to read this one because I just finished The Vanishing Half.
1: Oh, yeah. I haven't read it, but I've, I've seen it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's so popular right now. Mm-hmm. And I did really enjoy it, but it was very heavy. Right. You know, it was one of those books where you're just like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah this is yeah. so heavy. Like, yeah. do I like reading? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a fantastic book, but it was just very heavy. So I I could use a light.
1: Yeah. I use I highly a recommend cuz I typically will read like similar much darker. Like I love yeah. a good thriller, a psychological yeah. thriller, whatever, and that's what I typically gravitate towards. So this so this book is so different from what I typically read, but it is so good.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try it. Yeah, what about you? Well, I'm showing up. I'm just going to be a grumpy grandma, and I'm showing up with some TV thumbs downs, and then I'll share a thumbs up. I love it. My number one thumbs down, and I know you're with me on this, even though we haven't talked about it, but I feel like we're probably on the same page. What is up with The Bachelor this season? I don't know. (laughs) Like, where did my escapism go? Because I I know we both watch the show religiously. Yes. But this season's so bad. It's so bad like Like, (laughs) i gave up i've never given up
1: yeah i feel like we've my little group that we watched together like i feel like we've watched like we're still watching it but we've like gone into the world of we're just having on in the background while we talk
0: yes (laughs) yeah you know it's gone bad when you're just not even watching anymore or
1: we like have turned we've done a pseudo drinking game whenever clayton says i'm so glad you shared that with me (laughs)
0: they gave away most of the whole season in the in, the like first little trailer yes
1: like we that know was who's confusing gonna too i don't know the only thing that has been and this could be a whole episode is has been fun is shanae right
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and like just her ability to be completely different people <laughs> yeah depending on who she's with yes yeah but that
0: it's like a psychological study. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bachelor is rough. This,
0: okay, this so these are these are just TV disappointments that I'm yeah. griping about at this point. Mm-hmm. The latest season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
1: I couldn't even get through the last season.
0: Yeah, I didn't love the last season either. And I, I will admit, I've always been on the fence about this show. My mm. boyfriend really likes it. I've always found... The monologuing and the dialogue to be heavy-handed and unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I know people like that. It, to me, it is a little. It reminds me a little bit of Aaron Sorkin writing, mm-hmm. where it's like no one talks like that. <laughs> yeah. Like no right. one has their thoughts that well. You know, well formed. Yeah. Um. But just the the yeah this season it's just it's it feels like a it's become a calamity show.
1: Well, I thought last season was the last season. I didn't. It even... should have been. Yeah. I thought that they were done with it. When I saw yeah. season five popping up, I was like, I'm not even going to try it. Like, <laughs> I know. That show should have been done. Yeah.
0: So that disappointed me. I also was very disappointed in this second season of Righteous Gemstones. Really? Yes. Did you watch it?
1: I am slowly working my way through the first season. Okay. Like very, I'm probably on episode four. I'm actively watching it. But like half an episode at a time over weeks.
0: (laughs) Well, without giving anything away, I, you know, again, this, this show to top itself has to kind of border on the absurd. Yeah. And it is, it's an absurdist show, you know, it's not realistic at all, but it just became more and more absurd. Mm. And the plot line became more and more convoluted. And then I just, I don't know, personally, I feel like it would actually be a funnier show if it was more realistic. Yeah. You know, like I want, I want a Lauren Daigle character. Yes. I want, you know, I want like a Christian blogger. I, you know, the people that we know and it's, they're just, they're such caricatures, mm-hmm. the characters in that show. And it's funny for a season, but, you know, it, I don't know. I think it maybe ran its course. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like if they could actually get in there with like the making fun of the real religious trauma, yes, like I think yes. it would be a hoot.
0: <laughs> right. And I, there was an episode, I'm not sure if you've gotten to this one, and this isn't giving anything away, but there's an episode in the first season where they go on a mission trip. One oh, of them I goes. I haven't
1: seen that one yet.
0: And I, I mean, I actually watched it with a group of, well, I watched it with Jamie Wright and oh, yeah, Tara yeah. Livsay, who've been missionaries. Yes. <laughs> we all watched it together with a couple other friends. We were dying.
1: Yes. Because
0: it was. It was that commentary on true things. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like that commentary on true things got a little lost in season two. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, watching it, where I'm like, I I just feel like the people writing this aren't from this milieu. Yeah. And it would be funnier if they had someone.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, that makes sense.
0: Like, I had shared... Last week, I shared online um, McSweeney's, which I love, Mm -hmm. McSweeney's just does all kinds of satire. But somebody had written, um, rate my professor reviews for Jesus as a teacher. (laughs) And it was such deep cuts, like it was clear that whoever wrote it, like really knew the Bible, you know, and so they'd written things like one person said, like, you know, three of the guys are basically saying the exact same thing. Or four of the guys, you know, four of the guys are basically like plagiarizing each other, but they can't even keep their story straight. But if you have to get one, get Luke, you know. <laughs> um, and like I feel like that is where it's really funny when it's mm. someone knows what they're talking about. So, anyway, and then my other gripe was did you watch Finding Anna about Anna Delvey?
1: Oh, yeah. In, inventing anna right
0: invent you're right inventing yeah. anna
1: yes i am not finished with it but i'm currently watching it okay, more what, actively than righteous what Gemini. are your <laughs>
0: thoughts about it
1: honestly i'm really enjoying it but i okay. am obsessed with just like scammer scam shows yes. i've been on the anna Dolby train for years like yes so i i'm i'm enjoying it but i'm curious to hear what you think
0: well, I did enjoy it because like you, I'm obsessed with scammers, which yeah. we'll, we need to discuss in a future episode. We do. Because I'm totally obsessed. Yeah. But I feel like the show itself focused too much on the journalist and not enough on Anna.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a journalist and that's, you know, that's kind of the storytelling. And it also just felt very Shonda Rhimes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Where, you know, it, it's like, and you, you know this from episode one, but you just know that like she's pregnant and, of course, you know, she's going to have the baby in, like, the most critical point of the investigation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that's coming. Right. right. It just feels very sitcomed
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wanted just more of a gritty – yeah, I don't know. And then I also felt that it was more flattering to Anna than – it. I don't know. Yes. I think it she's is... a psychopath.
1: Yeah, it is very flattering to Anna. Yeah.
0: And they yeah. made her like an empathic person. And right. I think I think she's actually just more, much more of a psychopath. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. But I will offer two bright spots of television since I'm just on here, first of all, talking about TV, <laughs> second of all, whining about everything. <laughs> have you seen Somebody Somewhere with Bridget Everett yet?
1: No, I haven't okay. even
0: heard of it. Me, neither had I. But I love her. You have to watch it. I mean, oh my gosh.
1: Is it a show or It's a, movie? a show. It's okay.
0: a 30-minute HBO show. Okay. I don't even know how to explain it other than in episode one, the main character, you know, she's just, she's a um, very heavy woman who's like a, a little younger than me, which, you know, I'm, I love seeing a lead actress who doesn't look like every other lead actress. Mm-hmm. And she is struggling socially and with friendships and she gets invited to a thing at a church which is called choir practice but it's basically karaoke and it's predominantly queer and it's in a church okay (laughs) so it was almost it was very wild goose vibes (laughs) but like in a tv like i feel like a tv show was finally showing like the side of the faith experience that we know, yeah, right. If that makes right. sense, which you uh-huh. never see on TV, no, right? right. That like a church could be welcoming queer people, and a church could be you know just having fun for the sake of fun, or so anyway. And then you know it, it it continues on with you know just kind of her development. But I just it's a it's a very queer forward show, trans forward show. It's funny. It's heartwarming. I really like it.
1: Okay. I need to watch that,
0: yes, and then have you watched any of the Gilded Age? No, but everyone is talking about it. I mean, you know, a period drama. Yeah. you had me a period drama <laughs> <laughs> uh you you had me at ball gowns, I mean, for the fashion alone, you yes. know, um, yeah. but it's great. I mean it's a it's a classic like kind of merchant ivory style, you know, upstairs mm. downstairs period drama fun
1: yeah Yeah, i need i need to watch it
0: you should it's worth it it's definitely worth it but you should definitely watch somebody somewhere too okay everyone should because this is a this is one of those darling shows that's like so good that no one is talking about
1: yeah you heard it here first
0: yeah (laughs) all right let's chat with karen i'm so excited to be chatting with karen we are going to be talking about her new book The Lightmakers Manifesto. Well,
2: hey, Karen, it is so good to see you. It's been too long, honestly. It's It's really great to see you.
0: Really long. It's weird. It's a weird season because normally we would see each other a couple times a year. Yeah. Yeah. and, And a whole group of us would see each other a couple times a year, you know, at a business conference. And it's been Then
2: COVID. COVID. I know. Yes.
0: It's really weird. It's like you don't realize how valuable that kind of built-in rhythm is of seeing people.
2: Exactly. So they it's a it's it. just a delight to see your face, even if it's yeah. not in person.
0: You too. Okay, I'm going to start with something just completely frivolous and meaningless. Okay, sure. But you and I have been longtime wearers of the blacks and grays, and you have been. You've been dipping your toes in the waters of pattern mixing. <laughs> I have. I, this is the and darkest thing I've worn. Green.
2: And this is one of the darkest things I've worn in in a while. Yes, it's it's been a little um, it's been a little weird. I actually started twenty nineteen was when I started because I yeah. have a sister in law who um, who I adore my my husband's younger sister and she is insane with color. Uh Like she's insane. Her house looks like a dollhouse, like her kitchen's bright red and her like, and her clothes, like she just does not care whatever patterns, if that's what, and it looks amazing on her. And I was telling her, she was visiting um, that the Christmas of 2018. And she said, I was like, you are fearless. And if I tried to do this, I would look like a clown. Like I would look like a, and she's like, you wouldn't look like a clown, just wear what feels right. Like well, amazing. thank you. Well, thank you. And, and actually my house, I'm pretty fearless with pattern and color in my house always have been, mm-hmm. but for some reason for me, I was like, black is good, you yeah. know? And then also that black is slimming and, you know, like there's that whole trope yeah. that yeah. I bought into and everything. Yes. So I have been, and I'm loving it. I'm I love loving it. it. So yes,
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm always seeing you on Instagram. Like, Oh, that looks so good. And I'm the same way. Like my house is full of color, but yeah.
2: Yeah, try it. Me. Try it. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. Okay, so um I want to talk about your book today, The Lightmaker's Manifesto. Gorgeous book. Um Thank you. I loved it so much. So my first question for you just as a fellow author is talk to me about the process of writing this book and the timeline because I'm guessing you were midway through writing when pandemic happens when
2: I was just beginning writing when okay. the pandemic happens. So I got, I would love to say that this was a book that I had wanted to write all my life or, and that's not true. Like the book came to me because a publisher reached out to me and said, um, I've been subscribed to your, your newsletter and I have a book that you contributed an essay for and our publisher is looking for a book on the intersection of joy and activism. Yeah, And we think you could write it. And she I literally, I think it was like January 2nd of 2020 when she reached mm-hmm. out to me. Um, and I said, yes, because of basically a new year's resolution that I was going to be more bold and experimental. And I was yeah. like, sure, I can totally do this. Right. Yeah. Um, and really had no idea how I was going to do it, but I lo- I knew I loved interviewing people. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I know lots of people who are activists. I'm certainly not an activist, I thought to myself. Um, but I know a lot of people who are, and so I'll just interview them. And in my mind, an activist was somebody who gets tear gassed or, you know, gets police mm-hmm. dogs set on them. And, and I made this list of people, and I realized people like Brene Brown or Toronto Burke are not people that I necessarily associate with getting tear gassed or getting. And so right. I really was like, okay, I, I want to explore this. Like, what does it mean to be an activist? And, and is it possible to do it without like, just succumbing to despair? Yeah. And so I did, I started like doing it and we, I think signed the deal in March, 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you remember March, 2020, oh, that's when the pandemic sure hit. Yeah. That's when, and George Floyd was still alive at that time. Reonna uh-huh. Taylor was still alive at that time. Right. So it was insane. And I think by like April or May, my publisher called me and she's great. Um, Her name's Valerie. And Valerie called and said, I am so sorry. (laughs) Like she goes, I feel like I owe you a huge apology writing, making you write this book during this insane time. And I told her, I said, you know, actually it's been a gift because Mm -hmm. I would read the headlines and then have an interview scheduled with somebody who was fighting for, you know, the recently incarcerated rights or women yeah. or people at the border and it gave me some hope right like it was a really mm-hmm. so th- I'm I don't know that I could have gotten through honestly 2020 the way I did if I hadn't had those interviews so and interesting. it was really weird because I I think most people when I would tell them in 20 oh I'm writing a book on joy and activism people would go like is that a thing like like like, yeah. does that really happen? And yeah. I was like, apparently it is. And I'm learning as I write this book as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was a very, it was very serendipitous in many ways that I got to write it then.
0: So you're a couple months into your book. Pandemic hits. Yep. George Floyd sparks a national discourse on race. Yep. It's a discourse you've been part of for a long time. Yes. But it feels like that's that was the maybe national moment of reckoning.
2: Yes. At one of them. I mean, I think there have been reckonings on race a lot, yes. right? It feels a like lot that just was in our lifetime. Where,
0: you know, the people who haven't been talking about this at all stepped in some. Yeah.
2: I think I mean I think I do remember I do remember when when George Floyd happened. And to this date by the way, I've never seen the tape like mm-hmm. I won't I can't look at the tape yeah but I do remember when it happened thinking, why are people reacting to this now well, you know like yeah like, we've had a lot of people yeah. like, who have died <laughs> like, the like remember brain. the other one <laughs> exactly right so yeah. I remember that feeling so I think to that to that um yes, I think that there was a sudden explosion of this is not right um. But I mean, th- those of us who are poor of color, I mean we, Not we've new. been bearing a long time yeah so, right so you know so yeah, but I think that's right. I do remember I do remember at that point going, I can't believe people are finally taking this seriously and what is it about about this tape and you know, and then people are like, well, it's eight and a half minutes of watching the man die, right like mm-hmm. which is a little bit different than all of the other tapes that we've seen and mm-hmm or videos, sorry, I, I always feel like that, that date that ages me when I say tapes, but when I see the videos of them, right, like it's, it's, that was something, that was something. Yeah. yeah,
0: how did that change, or did it change what you were writing as you're seeing, you know, people engage in this that previously haven't?
2: That's a great question. Um, I don't know that it changed my writing. I mean, I really yeah. sort of knew that Um, well, what emerged actually from the book, uh, from writing the book was that activism for there to be any longevity in it um, is really a cadence and a rhythm, right? Mm. Um, And Valerie Kaur talks about it, who is, she's an amazing civil rights activist, and she uses the, um, she uses the allegory of the midwife, right? So when you're giving birth, it's not breathe, 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 and never push. And it's not push, 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 and never breathe. But there's Mm -hmm. a really sort of rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that became, to me, very apparent watching the protests. Like, you just can't nobody can just protest and scream and argue Mm -hmm. and be angry every single day for a long time. Like you can certainly do it, but at at some point, of course you're going to burn out or get exhausted or your body is just going to say, yeah, we're done. Mm -hmm. Right. Like something is going to happen. So if anything, it became even more apparent that sort of that, that rhythm is really important. And I think for people who have not been activists before, Mm -hmm. I think the perception is that the breathing part is maybe self indulgent or maybe, um, you know, mm-hmm. privileged, even. Like, I think a lot of people think, well, if I can turn, if I have to turn away, then, you know, that's lazy. Or if right. I have to turn off the news, that's, um, then you don't really care enough. And I think um, the people who have been doing this work for a while will tell you, no, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. If not just to recover, but also to regather your energy to go back in, right? Like, like yeah. it can be a a mindful, intentional way to gather that energy again and go mm-hmm. back in. It's not just about going and licking your wounds or or anything like that. So that became really, really um, clear, crystal clear as mm-hmm. I was as I was doing it. So that I think would probably be the big thing. Um, and also, some people, um, you know, for some people marching is not their thing like they their Mm -hmm. activism looks like activism can look as many different ways as there are activists right absolutely sometimes it's calling your elected officials sometimes it's letter writing sometimes it's knitting things for to you know to raise money like there's all sometimes it's hosting a gala event right like to to as a fundraiser like there's all kinds of ways to be an activist and I think that was probably something that you know I I probably knew at some level, but I don't think I knew it in a really conscious way until after I wrote the book.
0: Yeah, and I loved that your book really juxtaposed a number of people who are activists in really different ways.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it was, I was really lucky um, because the people who I interviewed were very generous with their Mm -hmm. wisdom, but also they were very, very diverse. You know, Mm -hmm. They were very many, there were many different races, they were um, different ages. Some of them were liberals. Some of them were conservatives. Like I don't talk about politics in the book specifically, mm-hmm. you know, I avoid it intentionally yeah. um, because everybody can be an activist, but it was really sort of interesting that, you know, some people were religious that I mean, mm-hmm. I have a minister that I interview and a, a sick fake leader um, and some people were agnostic or atheist. Right. So it was very much, um, I wanted it to be something that anybody could sort of hook into and sort of see themselves in some way um, and inspire themselves to go and try to make a change for the better.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about this term lightmaker. What's the Venn diagram between light maker and activist?
2: Yeah. So um, the way that I define activism is somebody who is led by their values to do something, do something purposeful for the hope of making the world better for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, a light maker. So part of the making the world better and making the world brighter for other people, that's Mm -hmm. definitely hooks into making light, but there's also part of it that I don't think, um, that I don't think activists or, books on activism talk about that much is there is a way to hook into the thing that brings you joy Mm -hmm. whatever that may be whether it's Mm -hmm. podcasting or you know there's a way to hook into that to be an activist so that it's not um you know for example people have told me in the past Karen you, you know you have a law degree maybe you should run for office I can't think of anything that I would hate more, right? Right. So whether right. or not I'm qualified to do it, or I'm and you'd probably of doing be
0: amazing. It,
2: well, thank you. I would be but. miserable, right? I, I, and I couldn't do it for a long time yeah. because I would just be miserable at yeah. it. And I think that's the thing. Like people think, oh, well, if you're an activist, you must march. Well, if that's not something that turns you on, then don't do it. Right. Right. Like do the thing that you would do no matter what, whether you got paid for it or not, figure out a way how to make that thing be of service. Right. And that's part of the light maker. So it's not just making light for other people, but making it for yourself and sort of cultivating that joy for yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What about, you know, what about the person and you, you, you talk about this in the book, you know, the person who goes, well, I don't think I'm an activist because I don't have a platform. I don't have a Mm. podcast. I'm not a writer. I'm not a leader. What does everyday activism look like for the, you know, for the person who isn't an influencer, but wants to step in?
2: Yeah, I, I can't answer that because yeah. I, it's going to be different for every person. I will say that uh, many people have contacted me, people I know and people who I I don't know, total strangers have contacted me and said, I didn't realize that I was an activist, but I think I might be. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, like for example, my dad doesn't have a platform. Um, he's in his eighties, mm-hmm. and he he was the first person who said, "I think I've been an activist all my life." Mm-hmm. And one of the things he does right now, so he has a PhD in engineering, right? He's a math genius, and he goes to um, the fifth ward uh, of Houston, which is sort of a you know a. the uh, the impoverished area of Houston and he tutors kids mathematics and he goes in every Saturday and that's his thing. And he loves it. And, and my father is a born teacher, right? Like he loves teaching. He's 80 years old and that's something that he can do now. Um, does the whole world know about it? Well, I mean, they do now because I'm on your podcast, but most people don't know. Um, and that's the other thing, because I think a lot of people in this t- day and age where if you have a latte, you got to take a picture of it and share it to the world, right? Like like most people don't know this is something my dad does, but yeah. he is, again, being led by his values yes. to make the world brighter for other people. And that's what it takes. So it's yeah. just looking around, listening to the whisper, the thing that, that says, You could probably help here. You could probably do something, and then just doing it, and it doesn't have to be big. You know, Mandela, even Mandela and Gandhi weren't big at the beginning, right? Uh Like they were just doing what they did at the very that what they could, and that's where that's how it starts.
0: You used a quote in your book. I don't remember it exactly, but it was like the real OGs move in silence. Yeah,
2: for sure. That's right. It's it's something that. that you just and honestly, especially when you're. I think this is especially true for if you are wanting to do activism on behalf of a community of which you're not a member, right? Mm. So for example, if you want to be an ally, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's really sort of behooves you Mm -hmm. to sort of move in silence, Mm -hmm. learn from the people who are doing it well, Mm -hmm. right? Learn how you can help those people who do it well. yeah, And just slowly, slowly do what you better. You don't have to broadcast it. You know, and especially, uh, you know, this is something I always tell people, especially when it comes to allyship for for race, right? Like one thing that happened after George Floyd, for example, with a lot of white friends would be like, what can I do? Karen, tell me what I can do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I I don't know. I've never been in your shoes, Mm -hmm. so I don't know what to tell you, right? Right. But if those friends had instead gone to white friends who they saw doing great work, right, right? like those are the people that can help, you know, teach you and tell you. So look for the people that that you have something in common with who are doing the work well. Yeah. And ask them and then understand that you're going to screw up. Everybody screws up. at sometimes yes. so being able to take accountability and, mm-hmm. you know, say, yeah, that was that's on me. I did that. I've learned and keep moving on. I mean, I think that's really a big part of it as well.
0: Absolutely. When you're talking about, you know, different ways of um, engaging and how one thing isn't for everyone. And also when you talk about white people messing up, I'm reminded of I can remember, you um, I had gone to New York to protest Eric Garner mm-hmm. and to be involved in a community action and a march. And I can remember that we were marching and we were marching past my nephew's house who lived in union square. Okay. And so I'm texting him and I'm like, you got to come down here. Like we're walking right by, this is so important. You got to come down here. And I'm white, he's black. And I remember him texting me back and being like, this marching is not for me. Yeah, that's, that's not what that's not how I choose to engage. Now, the way he has chosen chosen to engage is he now has a huge knitting um, charity that provides warm clothing and hats to LGBT homeless youth in the city. And, and I love I was reading this book, and I just couldn't stop thinking of him because knitting who would have thought right like right but, but he totally, you know, took those steps. You said, where he looked at things he loves and the cause he loves. yeah, And he found this route that was so unexpected. And now, you know, he has this huge thing. So, and, you know,
2: I, I, I love that he told you that this is not my thing, like, but he, he was too. very clear about uh, yeah. that boundary. Like that's so yeah. cool. And that's really a big part of the book, right? Like there's a lot, yeah. I'm a big journaler. So I talk a lot about journaling and doing the introspection. And I think when you get really clear on what your values are and what your cause is mm-hmm. and what you want to help, then you can feel freer mm-hmm. to, to, say no to other things. Because I think that's the other thing, right? Is a lot of people are like, well, if you care about like the civil rights of people of color, then why don't you care about the environment? Because the environment is yeah. like, you know, yeah. and, you can, and you can say, you know what? It's not that I don't care about the environment, but my focus is on this. Yes. And I trust there are other people whose focus is the environment and I will trust mm-hmm. that they'll be doing their work. So, But you yeah. can only do that when you get very, very clear yeah. On what you want to do and what your cause is and what you, your gift is that you can provide toward that cause. Then it becomes easier to be mm-hmm. very, very clear about that. So that's what I love about, about your nephew going, yep, yeah, that's not it. This is, mine. I know. Right. That's right. so great. That's really, and, and really me wonderful.
0: also just being so clueless of like, this is what we do. Right. <laughs> like this is, this is the thing. Why right. are you
2: doing the thing? Right, right. <laughs> and I, I mean I think it's easy to do especially I mean, when you're like passionate may- about <laughs> something. Right, right. Like you, you know, it's one of those things and I, I will tell you like the 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 cause that I do not do enough in my is um environment. Like I yeah. like I care about the environment. Of course I believe in the science, but I yeah, like I don't compost, for example, mm-hmm. right? And like there're things that I'm sure I could be doing. Yeah. And I have to be very clear. Like I'm not wasteful. Like I recycle and like yeah. you know, but, um, but I'm sure there's all, there's always more you could do. I could become a vegetarian. Like I, there's other things that I can do. And there's a part of me that's like, you know what, if I start looking everywhere, because as soon as I do that, then I'm going to worry about foster kids, or then I'm going to worry about like in, in immigration, or then I'm going to worry about like, there's, there's so many causes yeah. that are out there that if you start to do that. You're going to, that will burn you out. And you have yeah. to get very, very clear on what it is that your cause is going to be.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate that emphasis on also self-care in the middle of it too. Oh, yeah. Because I definitely know there have been times in my life where I have been motivated for justice in such a way that I was almost self-flagellating.
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah. couldn't
0: take a break. If I took a break, that was privilege. Shoving my face into things to the point of it not being healthy.
2: Yeah. And, you know, one of the people that I interviewed, um, Jeff Harry, who's great, and he's a play, he's a play coach. He, he talks about how, I think in the book, he said something like plays as important as like sleeping and eating or something like that. Yeah. Um, and his, his point is that at play, which is often done without really any goal, it's something that you do for fun, sometimes you get into a flow state, that that's where creativity and that's where connection can happen. And that's where innovation can happen. And where else would you need creativity, connection to innovation, but for activism yeah. and sort of being able to weave that in that sort of self-care, that celebration, when you make progress, mm-hmm. that gratitude for the, for progress that you've made, that connection of being able to talk to friends who, um, are not only doing the work with you, but celebrate you, or maybe even like pick you up when things start to feel a little desperate. Like all of those things are the way that you have the longevity in the work because you want to be doing this for a long time. You don't want to, you don't want to burn out. That's not the point. It doesn't help the cause to burn out right? So you have to be able to have that rhythm and have that self-care and, and do it without guilt, right? Like do it like, and for me, the way that I do it without guilt is it's not a sign of weakness to rest. The rest is the way that I gather my energy to go back in, right? That it's, it is the mindful, purposeful thing that I'm doing Mm -hmm. so that I can go in and be clear headed and focused and ready to push again. Mm -hmm. And that I, that for me has been very, um, perspective shift shifting for Mm -hmm. me you know so so don't feel guilty you have to do it in order to be like full strength to go back in and and keep going
0: and that self-care feels like it's all the more important for in-group versus out-group right so if I'm a uh, if I'm a white person who's trying to be an activist for immigrants Mm. or for people of color it feels like all the more important for people of color who are in these spaces oh I see to be Finding that rest. Yeah, you know,
2: I mean, I think that's interesting. I I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think if you are if you are devoted and focused at making change, that there are there's I mean, there's always going to be compassion fatigue. For example, mm-hmm. there are different things, and I would hate to rank the suffering, right? Because yeah. people feel the suffering in different yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I would simply say that it's important for everybody. It's important yeah, for everybody to really tap into that rhythm. And yes, yeah. for some people they may it, need it more frequently, and some people they don't. And yeah, um, and we just have to be really introspective and listen to what, mm-hmm. what it is, and also respect when people say, "I just I can't, I can't yeah. right now. I can't, I can't do it right now." Yeah. Um, and I'm I've become very very good at being able to say I can't right now. Like it's just. Like yeah. just being really boundaryed about what I'm capable of and what I'm not. For sure, you've
0: always been my my friend who's just like the example of boundaries. I feel like, there's so many friends. like we've been sitting around, people are talking, it's late, and you're like, I'm going I'm to done. bed. I'm going to drink my tea in my room.
2: I know I have people tell me that I'm like, I don't know if people are trying to tell me like, you are so antisocial. I am deeply, I am deeply introverted. That is very, very true. And yes, I mean, I love people. I love, I I love people, but I,
0: you love yourself also.
2: (laughs) I love myself deeply. And, and also I can't, um, I'm I'm just not an extrovert. Like I don't get my energy from people. I get it from solitude. And so it's either I leave or I stay and be cranky yeah. <laughs> and trust and believe you would rather me just go ahead and make a graceful yes. exit. And,
0: <laughs> so I, and sure. I'm introverted too. And I stay, and then I'm blitzed the next day.
2: <laughs> yeah. It can be very, very, um, I'm very, very mindful of that, but that, you know, that came with getting older as well. Like I'm, I don't know that I was that good at it in my twenties, but I'm definitely yeah. good at it now. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Talk to me about information um, seeking, because I feel like your, your book talks about this a little bit, but I feel like I watch these two kind of polar extremes at times in terms mm. of ideology. One is I have to be informed all the time. I need mm. to be staying on Twitter. I always have to be in the news. If I take a break from the news, I'm privileged in ignoring the news. Yeah, And, and so I even have in my counseling practice, some clients where I've had to say like, you have to be off Twitter
2: yeah, for yeah. some
0: hours. But then I feel like there's this other ideology, which is, you know, I'm going to manifest joy and I'm going to do that by only looking at the things that are joyful. And I, you know, mm. and I'm only going to bring in my orbit things that y- make me feel positive. And like, how do we find that balance between, I want to be informed. yeah, I want to be, you know, I don't want to be, talks, toxic right. positivity, la, 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 everything's fine. Yeah. But I also don't want to be swimming in the news. <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it requires some self-discipline, right? Yeah. Like for sure. Um, I will say that like, for example, I, I don't have cable, mm-hmm. I don't have cable. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I have Netflix and streaming platforms, but yeah. I don't I don't have cable. And I don't, so I don't watch the news yeah. on television or even online. I don't watch yeah. it. I am a very much a, I wake up in the morning, I dip in with headlines. Yes. I look and see. So I know kind of what's yeah. going on in the world. Kind of a broad look. A broad look, what's going on. I mean, and that was in 2020, that was hard. Because 2020, yeah. like everything was on the It was fire. hard. It was really, really tough. But I I, I am not a person that, like my parents, for example, they have the news on all the time. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Like that's yeah. that's crazy making. Yeah. Um, so I think you can do, I mean, I think you can be enough like on headline and then and then back off. Yeah. Um, and and also sort of no, you're looking, now, you know me, right? I'm beauty of different girl. Like I love beauty, right? Like yeah. I'm a photographer. I go yeah. look for beauty. I tend to not share dark, awful things online on my own platform, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um so the other thing that I think that you can do is if you see something difficult, and this is not Pollyanna stuff, yeah. but if you see something difficult or challenging, challenge yourself to find the people who are doing something about it. Or find the way that you could because l- literally, and I this this was that the book taught me, right? That with the worst most awful news that's out there. Mm -hmm. There is somebody out there that's like, yep, that's not going to work for me. And they're doing something that to counteract it for every darkness, there is light. And I think that being able to have sort of the discipline to Go and look for that or mm-hmm. follow the people on Twitter who you find do that a lot or Instagram mm-hmm. or like that for me is a bomb, right? Yeah. <laughs> really sort of going,
0: this yeah. person is
2: awesome. They're putting great stuff in the world. And yeah. so I can counter some of it. Um, but it's, you know, it's a balance and it's self-discipline. Yeah. It really is it in is. a lot it of really ways. Is,
0: yeah, it really is a discipline. Yeah. I found it to be incredibly difficult um last year, you know, as the yeah. pandemic started to not be scrolling news about that and then mm-hmm. At, you know, and then to not be scrolling about news about what, you know, what protests are happening and what people yeah. are saying and feeling the need to get in there. And, you know,
2: yeah. Well, act. one of the things that I talk about in the book, and I always like, I try, I share this because to me, it was one of the things that transformed my own activism was of course, again, journaling, but there's three questions that I ask myself every yeah. day, every morning. And it's, how can I feel healthy? How can I feel connected? How can I feel purposeful? And if you ask yourself and answer those questions for yourself every day, and then Mm -hmm. whatever the answers are, put them in your to do list, right? A lot of times that can help you do that. So if you're like, how can I feel healthy today? You know what? I don't feel healthy because I've been watching this. So today I'm not going to look at anything, right? How can I feel connected today? You know what? I'm feeling a little fragile. I have this friend. That's always there to listen or that makes me laugh or Mm what, and really sort of checking in with yourself literally daily. How can I do that is really, really helpful.
0: I loved those prompts. I really did. I, I actually would really like to start using them myself because my goodness, I mean, what an intention setter
2: it's such a great, and I would, you know, I'd love to, to, to claim it for myself. I didn't make it up. Um, Malika Chopra, I think was the person I I originally heard that from, but it's really transformational. And so, you know, sometimes how can I feel healthy means I'm going to go spend an hour and a half at the gym, but sometimes how can I feel healthy is I'm going to have a disco nap, right. Or, or a media break or drink extra water or whatever it is. And just sort of having that habit of checking in can really be helpful.
0: Absolutely. I have been, I, I listen to podcasts in the morning when I get ready, which is kind of how Mm -hmm. I absorb my news. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple that I, you know, I will go through NPR and the daily, and I have been trying to follow my gut of as I'm listening, like, is this making my gut upset? Yeah. And if it is, do I need to listen to the rest of this epidemiologist interview (laughs) or should I turn it off? Right? Like I'm not in denial that there's a pandemic. Yep. But is this information, you know, is this making you Ill. out?
2: Yeah. Is it making you sick? Is it making you mentally mentally right. not fit? Right. Then- so
0: I'm going to push pause and I'll come back to it. I'll find the sure. information at a different time or in a different way. Um, and that's been really helpful for me because I feel like a year ago, I would have just pushed through.
2: You got to listen, gotta,
0: you know, listen, listen, listen.
2: Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. We need you here. Right. We need you here. And that's, you're not going to stay. You're not going to be here if you keep doing that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Talk about the Star Collective and what that means in your life.
2: Yeah. So it was funny. I, I you know, I used to use the word war council, which sounds a little bit, um, <laughs> it's a little aggressive. But um, so a Star Collective for me are the people who are, yes, very dear friends, for sure. Um, sometimes mentors and not necessarily close friends, but mm-hmm. right now, if I think of the people in my star collective, they're, they're very close friends, um, who, who get me mm-hmm. and who, and by get me, I don't just mean they understand me. And so they just make me feel good, but they can also call me out on my shit. Right. Like if totally. I'm right. And yeah. so, uh, so important. it's so important. And I think, you know, you know, some of the people that are in my star collective people, you know, because they've been on all of these yearly um, visits that we used to have before the pandemic. But um, these are the people that they understand what's really important for me, what my causes are, Mm -hmm. um, what it can feel too much and what can feel empowering. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in crisis, they know how to handle me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They know not to. bother me when I don't want to be bothered or Mm -hmm. bother me when I need to be bothered. Right. You know, and they're really, and they're people that I trust implicitly, but they are also people for whom I do the same. Yeah. Like it it has to be mutual. Right. So, um, and I will tell you, Um one one of the people that's coming to mind right now is Laura May, is a very good friend of mine and a friend of yours. Um, and Laura and I is Laura is probably the person who lives closest to me, and she lives two and a half hours away. Yeah. Right. So they don't necessarily have to be local. It's nice if they are, but um, they can be anywhere. Others live on the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, and they can be, you know, men, women, whatever, but these are the people that just really fully have your back. Totally. Um, and and will tell you with kindness when yeah. You're not, you're, you're, you're going off track. You're not in your values totally. right now. Right. And, and they're, it's good to have, I have probably four or five I can think of maybe on the outside. Um, Some people have one, some people have 20, well, and, yeah. you know, um, yeah. I don't think there's a specific number, but they're the people you can count on for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I have a group like that and none of us are local and we call ourselves cheerleaders and ass kickers. Nice. It's <laughs> equal mix of both. It's- yes. Yeah. I will cheer you on all the live long day, but if you're being an asshole, I will tell you.
2: Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Or if you're um if you're excited about something and you're like that you say you're excited about this, but I can s- this is not who you are, right? Mm. That you're able to say, you know, mm-hmm. I I'm I want to ask you some questions just to sort of poke at it. Yeah. And see if this is really truly what you want. And those people are yeah. really in value. Cause sometimes you can be like, you know, you yeah. see something shiny and you think that's what I want. And it really isn't yeah. what you want. And your friends can kind of go, well, think about it. And, and also these are people that are really excited when you succeed, right? Like there's no jealousy, right? Like there's not this totally, no why does that happen to you? no, yeah, they don't, they're like almost more excited for you Yeah, when things, great things happen to you for sure. And that that's hard to find sometimes.
0: It is hard to find. It is very yeah. hard to find. And I, yeah. I think that. Is a constant pruning too, right? Yes. Because for sure. sometimes you don't know that until you do succeed. And then you're like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. For this sure. Person... And, and and I think as the world gets more polarized, I mean, for me anyway, let me not speak for everybody, but like I had a mentor for years mm-hmm. that as the world became more polarized, I realized that we did not share the same values. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking. Because totally. he had been somebody I'd looked up to forever, yeah. and then I realized, oh, maybe we're different people. Yeah, or he's he's a, he's different from yeah. Um, and so and and being able to you know say yeah maybe this person isn't in that group anymore yeah. and it's not personal. Yeah, right. It's it's that it just is not a fit anymore. Yeah. and and You're being able to be comfortable now. different. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's hard. That's yeah, yeah that's really hard. Something you, um, th- one of the lines in the book that was like, a, <laughs> <Uh-oh. for me laughs> was well, many, but when you were talking about the aftermath of the hurricane, which hurricane mm. Harvey, you guys lived through. Yeah. And there was a moment where I don't remember if it was you saying it to your husband or him saying it to you, but it was, I want to make this the most meaningful thing that has happened to us. Yeah. And yeah. I, that was so powerful to me because I've had some of those crisis moments, you know, I've been in a national, natural disaster. I've, I've had some other new traumatic things happen and you didn't say, I want this to be the best thing that ever happened to us.
2: Right. You said meaningful. Yeah.
0: And that I I loved that. How did you you. go about creating meaning from something that was horrendous for you to live through?
2: Yeah. So we, we lost our home in Harvey. We lost everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, how do we do it day by day, right, moment by moment? Because yeah. I don't know staff. that we had a real plan of yeah. what that would look like. I would say, you know, now four, almost five years later, like it mm-hmm. was probably, I would say, it was the, it was certainly the most meaningful time of my family's life, right, yeah. collectively. Um, but you know, I, I actually just yesterday I, I was uh, reading a friend's bio in, in, on Instagram or something, and they they said my favorite, my favorite mantra is, is not, it's not what happened. It's what happens next. Yeah. Right. And I love that. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's exactly it. Right. Like I think, yeah. it, I think it's, and I'm a, I'm a generally optimistic person anyway, but I'm like this, can't, I just kept thinking this can't be the end of the story. Right. Like yeah. losing everything can't be the end of the story. Like that's okay. no, that's that's. Um, and so we were very, um, We were mindful, like we sort of circled our wagons, the three of us, and like Mm -hmm. made sure that we were all okay. And you know, I'm a huge, huge, uh, you know, it's trite now at this point because everybody says it, but I am a huge practice of practitioner of gratitude and have since I was in my 20s. And so, yeah. yeah. um, So every day we thought about what good thing happened, and sometimes it was you know, a total stranger came and helped us muck out our house. That was yeah. amazing. Or, yeah. um, somebody brought us a casserole. That's incredible. Strangers
0: or just picked you up
2: in a boat. <laughs> Strangers I mean, picked us like... up in a boat, right? And exactly. Like in a boat. With, with raging. Yeah. Like sometimes, and, you know, and it was, it was so sometimes it was, I remember like the water stayed in our house for two weeks. And so, and my husband kept wading into the house and getting st- trying to salvage stuff and coming back mm-hmm. and probably a weekend he thought, I mean, the water was disgusting, right? It was totally. gross and rank and dank. And he goes, I wonder if my tetanus is up to date. And I was like, oh, that's probably important, right? And so Maybe. he went to the grocery store and they, they, they had a tetanus shot, right? Yeah. The, the pharmacy. And so like, that was the thing. Thank God yeah. we could get tetanus, you know, the tetanus shot when we needed it. So, yeah. you know, sometimes like it creeps up on you on what the good thing is, but I've never not had, I've never had a day where I've not been able to come up with something sometimes yeah. it's little, but yeah. I can always come up with something. And, and it's important because when things, if you keep a practice of it, right, when things are good, it's easy. But then when things are tough, you already have the practice. And so you start to look for it and you start to look for it during your day, right? Like yeah. you're like, okay, oh, that just happened. All right. I got to remember that tonight. Right. And, um, and that's how you build resiliency, right? Like for yeah. me, it's, uh, it's, a hundred percent how we made through it, made it through. And I don't even have a lot of I have no sense of loss around that. And we lost everything. It is a hundred percent gratitude. Mm. You know, it is a hundred percent wow, people were amazing, Mm. amazing in that, in that moment, which was which was great. And remember it was 2017 and we'd just come off a crazy election. Right. So yes. people were really, really polarized and that none of that mattered. Like it yeah. was the one time where mm-hmm. we didn't have to mm-hmm. think about politics or anything. We were just yeah. all in it together. And that's yeah. really kind of beautiful. So. It is
0: really beautiful.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, you said it's not about what happens. It's about what happens next. What yeah. you are about to launch your child
2: Wow. (laughs) You're a
0: a year ahead of me, a step ahead of me. What comes next? Karen, how are you doing with this?
2: Oh, it's nuts, right? Yeah. So my daughter's a senior. Yeah. I'm waiting for her to make a damn decision, right? She's got, Uh she's got a few acceptances. She's waiting for one in particular um, before she makes her decision. It's killing me dead. Um, Yeah. So what's next is uh, well, she goes to college, which is yeah. amazing and wonderful. Yeah. Um, this year is actually a really, really pivotal year for me personally, because, mm-hmm. um, my daughter turns 18. Yeah. Um, she graduates high school. She goes to college. My husband and I celebrate 20 years married. I turn 55. So, and I become an empty nester, like, and yeah. all of those things a lot. are, are happening right now. And, um, as it happens, uh, because thanks to everybody's wonderful kindness, the light makers manifesto has done very well in sales. And so I have another book deal. And so oh, I'm sort awesome. of writing about this year, about the sort of the clearing of the slate and how exciting that is, right? Like mm, what a all the potential. Book. Yeah. So I'm literally, I'm really looking forward to writing it. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun you know, and part of it is getting to wear lots of different bright colors and, and, and figuring out how to (laughs) set the stage for what's next. So I'll let you know definitively what's next, but I'm working on it. Yes. Yes.
0: All right. My last question for you is you're raising a general Zer. I am. As am I. What about Gen Z is giving you hope
2: for the future? So much. Um, so my daughter is, a uh, she goes to a very tiny school and she goes to, and her class, I think there's like 20 people in her class in her senior class, like it's tiny mm. and they are incredibly tight knit. Like they, mm. they, you know, there's always like, they have a dance and then they all hang out together after the dance or they go to each other's sporting events and the whole class shows up and it's yeah. really, really tight knit. Um, So what I love about them is first of all, and she also goes to a very diverse school. So her friends are from everywhere and there are a lot of people who are children of immigrants if not immigrants themselves. And so the idea of difference Mm -hmm. being being native, you know how we talk about digital natives, right? Like they don't even think like the people who are digital natives, they just know how to like, there's something about them that's a that's difference native. Mm-hmm. The way that they can switch pronouns without yeah. thinking about them, which Absolutely. I'm still struggling with, right? Like, yeah. you know, with just like, wait, wait, I I I don't want to be disrespectful. And it's just fluid, right? Yeah. Like they're just um the way that they they welcome, um, they welcome each other. Now, you know, I'm I am very mindful that I live in a bubble and that may not be true for everybody, but yeah. the Gen Zers that I'm surrounded by are, are in creative. They want to, they want to study things in college that I've never heard of, yeah. or they want to combine things, you know, well, I'm going to study like micro and, and fabric arts, or, you know, like, I mean, like it'd be yeah. these really wild combinations and they have a facility with what that could look like and what that means that is just really thrilling they're they 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 are looking they're future focused and they're optimistic about it yeah um even in face of a lot of things that seem to be on fire yeah yeah that i mean that's that's it for me. I'm really excited. And and you caught me at a good time because my daughter had one of her best friends come over for dinner last night. And so we were talking and I was just like, you guys are so awesome. I'm so excited for, for everything that lies ahead for you, for, you know, know. you know, and they're all like planning on going to different universities. Like they're not going to be at the same universities when they leave. And they're like, they're just great. They're just, I'm really lucky that she's surrounded by really great kids. Thank God. you know yeah thank god yeah and what I'm about you can you say what what is yours yeah
0: yeah I mean I'm saying the same thing I just yeah. I feel like they're all just little little activists you know yeah. they and their friends are too and there's there's just a that word native I mean it's it's funny my kids the other day were watching some Disney show mm-hmm. and there was a, a gay couple in the show and I was like oh they just have like a gay couple as part of the show yeah. and they're like yeah <laughs> like and and I was like, you guys. When I was a kid, Ellen was fired. Yeah, <laughs> from a show. Right. She was gay. Like yeah. they just and they're looking at me like, how old are you? You know, yeah. like what world are, did you come from? Um, I, and so I do. I at the you know we had a family member change pronouns. My kids the next day. Boom. the next day okay. i don't understand how that I'm stumbling happens. <laughs> all over the place falling dropping
2: everything and they're like mom that's exactly right like if somebody introduces me with their pronouns i'm good right but if i've known somebody right. with one set of pronouns and it's yeah. changed i'm right. like a bumbling fool like i'm totally. a complete idiot and my sister my sister my daughter and her friends they're just like okay cool right. and it's together. so it's so inspiring and it's yeah. so um I don't know. The kids are going to be all right. The kids are going to be they right. are. Yeah. I, I think, think so. they are. Yeah. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Well, I'm
0: so excited about your next book.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited about it too. <laughs> are you writing
0: yet or? Oh you- yeah. I'm writing. <laughs> I was in. writing right okay. before
2: we got on this. So I'm writing and it's, awesome. um, it's really, it's really interesting. It, because I, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I'm learning. I'm it's just like the light makers manifesto. Like I'm, I'm learning things and I'm learning things about myself, some of which are awesome, some of which are not so awesome. So which I have to change. And uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it, I hope it resonates when it finally comes yeah. out in the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, where can people buy this guy?
2: The makers. Oh, um, anywhere good books are sold. Yeah. I will say that, you know, we've gone into second printing. So um, thank you for everybody Congrats. doing it, but it's, it is it's, it was a fun book to write and it is, um, it's an easy book. Like it's a page turner. It's not something that, you know, feels heavy or anything else like that. So, um, so yes, please, please buy them.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And where can people find you online on Instagram, Twitter, all that?
2: Yeah. So, um, my, my handle is often chookalunks, which is really hard for people to remember. So if people go to karenwalron.com, that will get you everywhere. And you can see, find my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything else there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Karen, so much. It was such a delight to talk to you.
2: It's always such a delight to speak with you. I'm so glad that you invited me here. Thank you.
0: Hey, thanks for listening
1: just a heads up we're therapists but we're not your therapists this podcast is not a substitute for therapy and by making it we're not rendering psychological or other professional services if you need therapy we recommend you track down someone to help
0: join us online for more of the conversation in our selfie community facebook group or on instagram at at selfie podcast